0: Hello and welcome. This is War Council. My name is Caleb Dillon. And I'm Joe Corman. And War Council is a hobby centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. Today is Friday, uh, February 17th. Um, And today is all about Table War. We're going to be talking with Doug Johnson, the creator, the original creator of the Fat Mat. uh, And we're going to be talking with him about Table War, all things micro and macro mat related, all things Fat Mat related, and just about the future of their company, which is bright and booming and where things are going. Um, On top of that, we're also going to be talking about how busy we are these days and everything that's going on here in the studio. Um, So I think the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, our, our... how busy we are and yeah. sort of jump in it's with crazy. that so um they like us they really like yes. us um yes. so i don't really know what we can't really pin this on any one thing um we can't necessarily pin this on increased exposure on youtube or through spiky bits we can't necessarily pin this on increased exposure with more artists but for whatever reason the numbers we're just really doing well this year and this is not to like um it 's a champagne problem, as my accountant likes to say, champagne. yeah, we have so much business that like uh it 's just really hard to keep up, mm-hmm. so right now, on our desk, and we 'll get into this in the painting segment, we just have just a lot uh yeah. there's a lot of models, a lot of little figures to paint this month. um we were kind of looking at last year last January, we did about two thousand in business now, to put this in context. At that point, you were currently, you were not with me at that point full-time. No,
1: I was doing part-time
0: You still. were doing part-time still. You were actually working on an Arcane project back then. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just me. So the 2000 was looking okay right then. But now, this time the last year, uh, it's almost like five or six times the amount of business. It's, yeah. it's astronomically bigger. Um, so fortunately, we have a paint staff to support it. But we are actually currently looking to expand. Um, so we're looking for a new painter, and we've ran ads on our blog before, and we've ran, we're have ran. we currently running an ad on Craigslist, and we actually have a, a segment between the commercial breaks. It's like a painter segment, but I don't think people listen to it very much. I think they skip over it, like the commercials on a show. Yeah. Um, so to be fair, uh, what we're really looking for is we're looking for our next painter. Um, now, we are running a Craigslist ad currently in Raleigh, so we do have one interested party. Well, We had many people contact us, but... You know, we're, we're kind of like sort of starting with our top choice and working our way down the list uh, before we sort of say no to anybody. We want to sort of figure out who we like the best and who's the best fit. It's not even who we like the best. It's who's the right fit. Yeah. Because we have high standards. I, mean, yeah, I we, mean, we put out a premium quality of work, so we need people that paint to a premium level.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard to, I mean, interestingly enough, a lot of the people we're getting are people who had painting backgrounds but not a lot of miniature backgrounds
0: or they have miniature backgrounds but not a lot of premium painting experience like they've done batch painting but they haven't done high-end painting yeah so it's kind of a mixed bag Um, and we are certainly getting like we posted it in an art section so we're getting a lot of like you know retirees or people that were classically trained at schools and but they're like you said they're 2d 3d painters but they're not miniature painters Mm -hmm. and although their work is quite good the question is can they translate that to a scale of that size it's a whole different set of muscles like that you're you're working with there um so i don't know it's a challenge so if you are interested um let me go over some of the basics real quick first off you can find the ad online it's under our blog just look up for um, white metal game hiring painting i think it's right there you can also find it from the website directly if you go under the about us page on the white metal games homepage. There's a link for jobs, and there's a sub menu there that has a couple listed. Um, the social media assistant's not really valid anymore because we have Justin now, but the other job, the painting job, is valid, so we are looking for that. Um, so basically, read over the credentials. It does require relocation, um, so it's ideal if you're based around the Raleigh area, but if you're not, um, I will say that we we could be interested in speaking with the right candidate that is willing to relocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, essentially that was kind of what Val did. Yeah. Like he did a few projects for us remotely. We liked his work a lot and we invited him to come down. And, and basically we said, we'll get you help help you get set up if you want to come down here and uh, we'll, we'll work it out. And we did because we're a small enough studio that we can, we can do that. We yeah. can, we can make that happen. But it, basically we were looking for the right painter um, now to sort of you know put all of our cards on the table by professional standards you have to paint to what we consider a pro painting level so if you're just a new miniature painter starting out your first couple of years uh, save yourself some time probably don't contact us if you are a painter who's been painting as a miniature commission artist for a while and you feel like your work is pretty good um, take a look at our work what we call gold level and if you find it commiserate contact us mm-hmm. um, because what happens is some people will contact us in their work It's just not there.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, they're not bad, but um, they're just not quite where we need them to be. We would have to do a lot of training to get them there. And we're really looking for someone that will hit the ball rolling.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, So of the
1: projects we're getting now, originally they were a lower level, but now they're starting to get a little higher. So the average is around Electrum Gold. Yeah. I think
0: what we're seeing here is that like in the beginning when I was working alone, uh, my average levels were Silver Electrum. Like that was just kind of how I painted. You guys came in and you guys painted to a higher level. So we introduced higher levels. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started to attract a client base. It was a little bit nicer. And so now we have a kind of a split. We have kind of a split between high level and and low level projects. Um, So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, the artist we need needs to be able to do both. You can't just do one. Um, So really, that's about it. Look at our job listing there and um, we'd be happy to speak with you. Um, if we don't get back to you immediately, don't take offense to it. It just means we're busy. Um, we will try to get back to everybody eventually, or at the very least, keep your resume on file. But pay close attention to the job ad, because the more detailed you are when you email me, the better chance I will get back to you. I had one guy that literally just sent pictures, no words. <laughs> I had another person said who said, I would like to paint for you and no pictures. Perfect. That was it. Yeah, so... He, I think he said, I would like to know more. Those were his exact words. Which, I was like, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. uh, I don't. Anyway, so we, we would love to speak with you if you're interested. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump into On the Painting Desk and talk about all the different stuff we are painting right after this. Need a model assembled or painted but no money to spare? White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins. Send us pictures of your old models, bits, boxes, even new kits. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Don't like negotiating and haggling? White Metal Games also offers consignment services. You can send us your old models, books, games to sell. We sell them through our eBay store, and you pocket 55% of the sales price. You don't have to worry about eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping fees. There's no crazy percentages, just easy money. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com today. We're going to jump in on the painting desk tonight and talk about all the different things that are gracing our desk right now. Yeah. I think I'm going to let Philip uh, start that off since yes. he chuckled.
1: It is, yeah, this month has been incredible. Um, like Caleb said in the previous segment, we have been, we're, we're basically booked out a few months now. A
0: few so. months, yeah. I mean, essentially, we, we kind of go, we kind of reach a quota and we go, that's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is new ground for us. I mean, we're, we're basically, because we're booked out so far in advance, it had been in the past where we get projects, we're like, all right, we can probably squeeze this in, we'll, we'll just book it for this month, and then they would just come in when they come in. Yeah. Um, now we're- at the Sometimes
0: we were waiting on product, because yeah. it's like literally, we were waiting with our thumbs, like, well, we're tidying this up, waiting on the next project mm-hmm. to come in.
1: And now it's the case of we have next month's projects already in, and yeah. we gotta finish this batch, and Right. Um, yeah. So uh, right now, currently, we have I want to say like twelve projects of varying size. So
0: and that's on your just on your on desk. desk. That's not even on my yeah.
1: desk. Yeah, between uh, me and Val, split a lot of these things. But basically, we're we're working on. Um, we got our first guild ball commission, I believe. Yeah, first. we
0: just wrapped that one up. Mm-hmm.
1: So that was... I don't even know what army... Steamforged
0: Games puts that one out, and it's the Guild. The Guild. Or the uh, Engineers. Engineers, okay.
1: That makes sense. They're all, like, wooden and metal. Right. They have, like, (laughs) golems, and one
0: guy's, like... um, One's a wooden mannequin that right. has like, gears in it, yeah. so it's pretty cool. One's like, he's kind of an automaton from the waist down. He's like a spider or Reminds something.
1: Reminds me of like, Wild Wild West. You know that occurred <laughs> to me? Like, And I hated
0: myself for saying that because yeah, that was that such a bad tam- movie. But, <laughs> well, tam- but he does kind of look like a smaller version of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so
1: definitely. that was cool. Um, I've got a, other, a few other ones. I love this. Uh, we haven't done much work on it yet, but the Fist by Gnome Panzerfaust. Panzerfaust. Yeah. Um, it's
0: basically gnome World War II. Yeah, fantasy uh, meets right World War II. I guess, it,
1: it, I guess it's modern. it's
0: kind of hard to put. It. It's like bolt action meets Warhammer fantasy. Yeah.
1: yeah, you got orcs, you got gnomes, you got these like trolls that are your yeah. commanders. That oh, right. I love them. I love them. They're it's really, really neat, cool. right? They're, They're well detailed Yeah, so,
0: I don't even know the company that puts them out. It's a really uh, small company, uh, and the guy when he contacted us about this, like he has all of the the care. Of a historical uh, paint, like the historical guys who like their historical miniatures painted exactly. Mm-hmm. So he he brings that to the table. He wants his ranks a certain way. He wants this a certain mm-hmm. way. But then, like the character of these models is so not what you expect. Yeah, it's just like they're just great. It's comical. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. And he actually did some conversion work on them before yeah, he, he sold them to us. Like yeah, it. he added some berets. Yeah. He he kind of made them like legionnaires or chasseurs, as he yeah. said. Uh, um, so I don't know. It's, they're really fun. They're kind of yeah. different.
1: So, um those are sort of medium sized, but we have a huge conan project yeah um, it's
0: both the original and the expansion king's it's like king's expansion or something. Mm-hmm. It's from like a hundred miniatures or something. Way close. over that. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's 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 a lot.
0: <laughs> so. Now this is the first time I'd seen the Conan game, um, and I have to say I'm really impressed with it.
1: For the most part, the miniatures are really well done. Yeah, yeah they're pretty cool, very unique. The Conans, I love
0: them. Yeah, like, they're all very. There's like six too. And, There's yeah. very all these varies like yeah. it's like Conan like King Conan Warrior mm-hmm. Conan on Sunday. You know, it's like it's <laughs> all these different Conans. Monster truck. Right. Yeah. Monster truck Conan. You know, fist pumping action Conan and that sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, there's one with just a lion. Like, why does Conan need a lion? He doesn't, but he's got one. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, it's inspired us to watch the Conan movies. There's oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. yeah, So
1: we just um, do the first two. But, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are so many memes of Conan out there that I'm just like, you know. And it's always like, what is good in life, Conan? And it's like, it doesn't matter. He lists something like slushies or just, <laughs> yeah. you know. But
2: <laughs>
0: my brother found this song for Conan on YouTube. It's been a while. But it's, it's like it takes his chant and it turns it into a song. And it's like, here are the lamentations of the women. It's just like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. It's so good. I'll have to find a link to it and link to it. Um, but, yeah, it's a really fun little set, kind of mm-hmm. characterful. Yeah. Some of the bigger minis are really big. Like the Throg is just, like, yeah. huge.
1: It kind of reminds me of, like, the octopus thing from Lord of the Rings. I guess. Yeah, the
0: river, where that guy is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the river monster. Kraken. Mini yeah, Kraken. Mini Kraken. <laughs> I know that's not his name. It's like Watcher in the Water, I think is what yeah, it's
1: called. Yeah, that, that is it. Yeah. Um, so. yeah, that's really cool,
0: though. And you guys just whipped out another wave of the of convergence, too, convergence societies. Yep,
1: not convergence. I mean, yeah. We have so many small I, I think one of the ones we're really excited about is the. There's a Skaven, Warplock Skaven. Yeah. And, um, and the client asked for us to do a sort of a, a vignette on a right. diorama. Right.
0: It's a, basically a, dis, it's a mini display diorama on a plinth. Yeah. essentially.
1: And that's coming on really well. It looks really good so far, so we'll be excited to show that off yeah. at the end of the month. But...
0: This is something new that we're kind of offering, and we could actually have talked about it in Service Spotlight, but we'll probably talk about it in the next one. But essentially, we've been doing more and more high-end characters the last year, so we've started to experiment with plants and now this is the next natural iteration. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, in this case, a vignette which is sort of like a, 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 you know, kind of a cutaway scene. Yeah. So in this case, it's this underground dungeon with, like, um, some old fallen debris and, and discarded barrels and crates. And then there's these crystals of warpstone burrowing up through the ground and just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So I think it's it's going to look really good when it's done, so we'll yeah. definitely be excited to show that off. But, um, And that's just a, another way for us to kind of Add our own artistic side to it. Right. It's really fun for us to be able to work on those types of things. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys will check it out. You'll like it, and uh, you want know, us to do a few more. So,
0: yeah, uh, what I try to do is whenever we put these up on Bell, I always try to like link some of the pictures in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll definitely put some of the pictures out there so people can see uh, kind of how these projects are shaping up. Um, so like kind of a mix of small projects and big projects. Um, on my desk, it's kind of the same thing right now. I've got two get started collecting uh, boxes one for dark eldar and one for tau plus i picked up gangs of kimura on a lark so i'm kind of painting that up at the same time um, which is always fun whenever i'm doing one thing i always look to see if there's a way i can cross do it so because i'm doing dark eldar for the start collecting client i figured i'll just go ahead and bang out the gangs of kimura while i'm at it um i have a reaver refurb on my desk which i'm having some fun with that one's coming along pretty well the client sent us the reaver it was mostly done And he was like, I want to have it based, I want to have it magnetized, and I want you to finish the painting. So we did that for a fraction of what we would normally charge for a full job. Um, And one of the things that's neat about that is that he's letting me, like, uh, he wants the model to be pinned and unpinned to the base so you can do it either way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really kind of fun to come up with how to make that work and also to create kind of a scenic diorama for it. And, And the Reavers base is so big. There's so much room to do stuff. It's great. <laughs> like, it's huge. Like There's half a land raider on there. There's a couple dying soldiers on there. And, uh, but it was a lot of fun to do. Um, we've also got four knights on my desk right now, um, two of which are for a chaos client and two of which are um, basically sample models we're doing, a wolf model and a um, a salamander's knight. So those will be coming up soon. Those will actually be available in the web store for purchase. Um, in addition to that, we've got some cricks on our desk from the same guy that's doing the convergence project. Actually, he actually requested. He was in such a so excited. He's yeah. like, "Can I also request these too?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely. absolutely. Like, we'll do that too." So we were doing some cricks models for him. Um, and I don't really have any small character pieces right now. I have one blood blood angels um, style dreadnought that the guy wanted it to be a little kit bashed. So he wanted me to basically make it look like kind of a crusading knight. So I found the biggest shield I could find, like a dreadnought-sized shield, which ironically was from... um, The Lord of the Rings have these trolls uh, that are kind of like in battle armor. I forget what they call them. They were in the third movie. Um, Not the real third movie, not the Hobbit third movie, but the actual... like of the actual Return of the King. King. Mm -hmm. So they have these armored trolls that come in and they're like um, they have all these extra bits in the kit so i literally gave him this troll shield and just mounted some iconography on it gave him a hammer from the dread knight to make it just a huge hammer um, and then we used the black templar's dreadnought um, as the base model and just a lot of fun because it kind of a characterful little conversion um, not really much to it i'm more of a kit bash in the conversion really nothing really to it uh, speaking of kit bash, i just put together this fun little biker for an orc army um, Saw this, that, yeah. yeah, I, this is my third iteration of these giant bikes and by giant, I mean, these things are like, they're more like rhinos <laughs> than bikes. They're so big. Um, I have to mount them to like a hundred millimeter ovals or so oh, big, um, but they're certainly appropriate for a war boss. And this guy wants 40 tank busters in his army.
1: Oh, That's a sea of fine. Oh, I'm
0: so deep in tank busters and squigs. Um, 40 tank buses, you don't think about it because you think like, oh, it's fine cast. It'll be like, I don't have to like, you know, it will be quick to assemble. It's quick to assemble, but slow to de-sprue. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Fine
1: cast is is a nightmare that has never never ceased to amaze me. How a company like Games Workshop can fail so
0: badly. One of the funner parts of the project was he apparently is a fan of like, I don't know if he's a fan of musicals or something, but he asked me if I could do a couple of them in like four different gangs and mm-hmm. one of them he wanted to be pink, like the Pink Ladies in, um, what was that musical? I don't even know. It's like, you know, <laughs> when that. you're a jet, you're a jet, that, that thing. When you're a jet. Yeah, it's like the Jets and the Sharks, and I don't know. Oh. That, West, Side, West story. Side Story. Yeah. yeah. So he wanted me to do one of the gangs, like the Pink Ladies, which I guess means pink. So they're gonna have like green skin but pink jackets. Um, okay. so it's kind of interesting. Like I haven't had pink orcs, pinkish orcs before. And you know what? Whenever a client asks for anything, I'm always like, absolutely. Yeah. I will <laughs> I will we'll never get this opportunity again. I will totally build you pink <laughs> pink gang orcs. Of course Uh-oh. I will. Um but yeah, so lots of fun little stuff like that coming along. And I have a conversion coming up next month. We have a couple of really cool conversions that I don't want to give too much away. Um, but I will say that um, a couple of the Orc clients we've had in the past are revisiting some of their um, love for um, the Mad Max franchise. So we have more Mad Max Orc stuff coming Sweet. down the pike. So it'll be a lot of fun. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our service spotlight. And we're going to talk about Magnus the Red. The contest is over. A winner has been picked. And uh, We'll be right back after this. Are you a tabletop quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commission painter before, but you weren't sure it was right for you? White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at whitemetalgames.com, and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. Hey guys, we're going to jump into um, service spotlight tonight. We're going to talk about Magnus the Red. The contest officially ran between February fifteenth and February, or sorry, February fifteenth, January fifteenth 15th and February fifteenth. Uh, now that it is January seventh or February seventeenth, man, I'm really off of my months. <laughs> Jeez Louise! Contest ended two days ago, so we've wrapped up. Thank you to everyone that entered the contest. All told, we had about seven hundred fifty entries, give or take. So way over what we originally expected. Uh, We I was secretly hoping for a thousand, but I'll I'll take seven fifty. Now considering that our first um, Fat Matt contest we had (laughs) twelve entries, I would say this is better overall. Uh, So um, so that look forward to more of these kind of promotional contests in the future. Uh, But that the winner was picked. We did announce. We did email them. Uh, but we haven't heard back from him yet, so we've decided to give him 48 to 72 hours to get back to us. If we don't hear back from him in a reasonable amount of time, we will pick, up sec- uh, pick a follow-up winner. So if you didn't hear from us by email, it means that you were not the immediate winner. If you did hear from us from email and you haven't responded, what is wrong with you? You just won in <laughs> Magnus the Red. Um, I will say this, though, that for everyone who did not enter the contest, who did not win which is like 749 of you but who did enter we are offering a second chance rate on the magnus the red so this is basically a promotional rate that we're going to do um, for clients that are interested in commissioning the model it's not the full rate uh, that we would normally charge it at and the co- the rate does expire uh, basically on um, today is february 15th so let's say march 15th so you have until march 15th the book um, our promotional rate right now is 325 if you're in the US. That includes shipping anywhere in the US and materials and painting to an Electrum level. If you're in Canada, it's 350 If you're international, it's 375 So, this is um, give or take, depending on which part of the world you live in, um, anywhere between $50 to $100 off our rate on eBay. Currently, Magnus on eBay is, is $425 for domestic. Um, and that does not include shipping. So this is a huge discount. Yeah, a good deal. Um, so when you consider the fact that the kit is $115 at retail, mm-hmm. 325 with shipping painted, not bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and we're doing that because we definitely like the model. I, I, would, I really want to see like 10 Magnuses on my desk.
2: Yeah. Like that would be awesome. fun to me.
0: I would send a picture to Brandon. Yeah, and, um, I'd be like, You had, you know, <laughs> twenty nine nights. Yeah. yeah, I'll raise, I'll raise you. <laughs> yeah, so let's get there, guys. Let's yeah. get twenty nine Magnuses on my desk. Um so that we can send that picture to uh Brandon and see what he thinks about it.
1: I wanna see a battle report with that.
2: Oh it's my god. Just, like, Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> Stupid.
0: I would love that. Uh, we actually, um, after Jonathan and I did our, our night bat rep last month that Justin's currently editing the video on, um, we have so many nights coming in and out of here. We keep wondering, like, should we just do like a night fight? Do we're just we get every night we have and just put it on the table and just see what happens. Out, yeah, because yeah. um, we learned very quickly that the night fight is fun. That we had the one on one, but man, is it kind of time consuming.
1: Yeah, I would do like traditional, like the actual rules. Not yeah, the, not sure, the, and maybe like tweak it a bit so they can like throw buildings at each other right that'd be kind of fun
0: (laughs) and we've got the reaver on our desk right so what if we did like four knights versus one reaver just to see how long it takes them to take it out you know it's like it's like ants like attacking (laughs) like you know i don't know a bigger bug i guess (laughs) i don't really have a good context there all right well we're going to take a quick break and we are going to jump in with tips on technique right after this we're going to interview doug johnson of table war the original creator of the fat mat and we'll be right back after this hey guys it's caleb with war council are you a purveyor of stuff are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur do you sell things related to tabletop gaming painting or some other aspect of the miniatures hobby would you like to advertise to like at least three listeners a show then you've come to the right place World Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website, and we're at like 300 likes on Facebook right now. So clearly, at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For $20 a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For $10 more, you can have an entire 30-second commercial like this one, only you know better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at infowymanogames.com for more information. And until you do, get your mailings where your mouth is. We're going to jump into Tips on Technique tonight, and tonight we have a very special guest on the show. We have the original creator of the Fat Mat on the show with us tonight, Doug Johnson. Thank you for joining us. So, um, Doug, I, th- I think that we certainly have to like sort of start with kind of who you are. You are the original creator of the Fat Mat.
3: Right. So I'm the president of Table War, Table War Designs. We do the, the Table War cases, the Fat Mat, and now the Macro Mat. Um, and, yeah, when when we came up with the Kickstarter, I was the one that did all the original um, design work and did all the R&D beforehand, research and development on, you know, what what to use for the mat, you know, Um, and
0: uh, just went from there. So let's talk about the Kickstarter real quick because I think that most of us have now become um, used to seeing fat mats um, on tables and game stores, but it's very uh, easy to sort of forget the origins of how this all started. Um, So can you kind of, like, speak to, like, the first Kickstarter on that and how that originally went, and maybe just kind of how the company got its start? Was that literally the way you guys kicked off the company, or did you guys exist before the Kickstarter and then you just oh. used that to sort of grease the wheels? No, no,
3: we were, uh, we were going for like two years strong with the Table War cases. That was my uh, my first invention was the Table War display case.
0: So these, yeah. are, these are kind of like these really black, hard cases with the slide-out trays, if, if I remember, if I'm thinking yeah, correctly. Yeah, it's
3: a modular system where we've got the patented railing system on there. And it's basically, you know, you, you can totally adjust the shelving system, have as many shelves in there as you want, bring in your different unit trays, completely modular to, to design it however you want. Like, I'll have my, my full-size cases where they fit actually inside my IKEA shelves, and they become their own shelf within there as well. Um, but I also have all my unit trays on all my IKEA shelves, um, where I can just, depending on what I'm going to play that day, you know, I just pull, in the, pull out the units off the shelf, put them in the case, and I'm out the door in less than
0: a minute. Yeah, I think what's really nice about that is that, um, and I, we had we had one of those in-house about a year ago. A guy brought in an army for us to sell, and his was magnetized to the trays to make it even sturdier. Yeah, it's um, all
2: magnetized. Right. It's a magnetized system. Right, because so the trays awesome are kind of...
3: Side of the table, and we play these big A-plot games too. So I started magnetizing them and putting putting them on little mag, magnet trays, right? Just just so okay, that battle item broke, you know blew up. Take my 20-man unit over there to play it out. Sure. And then I started. Then I you know because I had all these trays, and I started doing you know a big display board with all of them. And then I'm like, dude, I I, I need a case. So how do I do the case? So I kind of designed out the case, and my long-time friend from fourth grade,
2: Todd. We gotta start this. We gotta do this. This has to be a company. So that's how Table War started.
0: That Kickstarter originally um, was sort of slated for fifteen thousand dollars. You guys raised twenty six, almost doubled the the need for that Kickstarter. So by all accounts a huge that was success. Mini case. Yeah. So the mini case the mini case didn't come out till probably two years. So we didn't Kickstarter I mean there wasn't Kickstarter
2: when we started Table War. We we started the case, the cases with the full size and half size cases okay. on our
3: own we funded that we started the company sure and then when when people were like we want something we want a, a painter case a small one sure underneath uh, you know the chair on the plane and stuff like that so we did a kickstarter to see what the interest was going to be and we you know we funded that was our first kickstarter you know we have three kickstarters under our belt now successful right. kickstarters let's so,
0: let's talk about the middle one which was the the, the, the mega mat the fat mat um, right that one was huge. That one you started with a $15,000 goal and you raised over $100,000. Yeah, that was,
3: um, that, was pretty, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think <laughs> exciting is a good yeah, word for we, that. We, uh, you know, we started that. You know, I worked on it for a while. So the Fat Mat started with me playing
2: deck building games with my family. And I'd be sitting there uh, and we'd use my son's little uh, magic pad
3: little magic, magic mouse pad thing and i'd be sitting there rolling dice
2: just just rolling the dice on it. Like, this is this is awesome I, I love rolling dice on these mats sure
3: and then, and well why why am i you know why, why shouldn't i do a mat for 40k i you know i i didn't like i get irritated easily sometimes you know with with noises and stuff so all the dice rolling on the hard plastic tables just annoyed me right <laughs> so rolling rolling the dice on these mats i
0: well not only that, but the hard tables, your dice kind of bounce around, they can just gravitate, they can really shoot sure. off cross, and the mats really absorb uh, the kinetic energy of the dice, so it kind of stalls their movement.
3: Mm-hmm. They do that. They make it easier to move models, vehicles, and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't get uh, you know, I don't get gravel hand anymore.
0: I don't know if you guys know what that is. But <laughs> I think you know, when you mean like a board is textured and you're like when a board's textured yeah.
3: and you got one hand on it
0: working on yeah. the
3: model sure get the gravel hand i don't get that anymore either so right yeah i mean I, I think there was a lot of benefits to it right and that's yeah. what really appealed to me is you know you're rolling out this map with this high detailed imagery on it yeah. that accentuates your game so i mean
0: i started that idea i you know i pitched it to my partner um we got in some uh, partners with that and and so, then to add icing to the cake, recently you've done your third Kickstarter, like you said, um, which was focused, I think, primarily on the macro-mats.
3: The, the third Kickstarter was the macro-mats, so that's the mini stand. It's a little stand you know, with, the mat, with the mats. Uh, right now we have the 15 by 30 mats that have the backdrop, like you would see it like a Sears photo shoot or whatever. Right. It's for taking your miniatures or your, you know, any hobby. Or
0: crafts. Now this is, know, is a much more too. this is a much more specialized product. Whereas the first two were definitely geared towards wargamers, this is more geared towards hobbyists. So what was the shift there? Were you trying to fill a need for like photographic backgrounds for all the miniature painters out there, or is this so that a basic tabletop player has a way to showcase his models, you know, for fun, like to his friends on Facebook and social media and that kind of thing?
3: I think up stuff I want. I want for me. Okay.
2: <laughs> you know, I, well, that's how it all starts. Right? Sure, so, sure. Like I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I,
3: I I have a photography background along, along with my video game background, and you know, I would see all these pictures. You know, I would be sitting there working on my minis, and I'd be taking photos. And once we had the fat mat, you know, I put a fat mat behind it. But I would I was also you know thinking for everybody else in the community, especially my, all my painter friends that. You know, they're showing off these beautiful models with just this, you know, dirty desk behind them, full of you know sure. paint jars and stuff like that. So your eyes, you know, your eye, your eye is not attracted. It to
0: takes you. away from the overall,
3: right? It takes away from the image, right? So that's what I wanted. I wanted to help, maybe bring that back. You know, using my photography knowledge, I'm like, you know, all all we need is this backdrop, and you know, I, I played around with it with my just my iPhone you know, and the iPhone, the way the iPhone works and the way a lot of, you know, a lot of people's phone cameras work is, you know, it, it really grabs the focus, um,
2: uh, you know, of what, it, what
3: the, whatever's the light part, right? It, the, the lighter part of the, of the image that you're taking a picture of, that determines how your aperture and how your camera is going to focus and, and adjust to the lighting. So, you would see, you know, these beautiful, Of the way your camera is adjusting to all that noise, in the background sure. So, I, I thought up the macro mat, and I thought of, well, let's you know, let's get a cool stand for it. Um, you know, and of course, it's um, got the 30-inch adjustable rod, so you can turn it sideways or use a bigger mat, which should be coming soon too. Some some more new exciting products for the macro
0: mat. Yeah, I mean, I just, we have been, we, we obviously do a lot of digital photography here in the studio, um, and one of the things that um, we did recently was we recently completed a star, uh, like a, what was the name of that set? They were like all these starships flying around. The Halo? The Halo set. Yeah, so we did a Halo yeah. game, and so we took your guys' um, the Starscape mat, and we used that as a backdrop, um, we just kind of draped it over the back of our photo booth, um, and kind of used that to create a, a basic Starscape in a hurry. Uh, which is exactly what the macro mats basically are. <laughs> they were just the answer to our problem before we knew we had a problem.
2: Exactly, um, and then the stand's really nice because it helps give the
3: proper curve to the mats, to where you know it doesn't draw yeah. your attention away from the, the product as well. You know, it gives that that nice rounded blend of yeah.
0: lighting. I mean, these are nice, like, if you go to, like, a a fabric store, I mean, I've challenged myself to sort of always have new backgrounds for whatever we photograph. Fabric stores are kind of hit or miss. You may find the background you like, you may not. If you get it in vinyl, you'll oftentimes have it with fold marks on it. If you buy it in muslin, you'll get wrinkles in it. So finding a good photography backdrop is actually way harder than people think it is. And these, the macro mats don't wrinkle. Uh, they don't fold, um, so there's never creases in them. They're matte finished, so they like you know, no pun intended. So they they really absorb light. There's not a sharp sheen to them. Um, so they're just they're they're a perfect solution for the problem that we didn't know we needed. You know, it's really great. Well, thank you. And and you know, the the important thing was for you know the reusability. Yeah, for sure. You know, a, lot, a lot of people have expensive papers that they print on, right? And and a, a lot of these. They'll scratch,
3: you know. If you're going, if you're an artist that's like right. going to a con and you're and you're taking all these pictures of your stuff, you know, if it scratches or you right. know creases badly, now you've got a now you've got post production work you've got to do on your image if you want to try to like Photoshop out, you know, the flaws. So right. I I really thought this mat and this design would really fit in there. It, the durability of it, and you know, even I haven't done it yet, but uh, I've had people telling me. You they're
2: washable, Yeah, you know, uh, They just throw them in the wash, you know. And and which is, it, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I you know I grew up in
3: Southern California with wetsuits all the time. I used to wash wetsuits all the time, and it's neoprene as well. I'm like, okay, I guess you can wash it. I would do it in cold. Sure. test it, I'm gonna. Test I might
0: not put it in like a washing machine. I might like hose it off maybe mm-hmm, first, right. as opposed to <laughs> coming yeah. back to a washer like okay. on its side, desperately right. trying to because cycle. There, there
3: is, there is the to glue the fabric to the neoprene, which will eventually, you know, start to, you know, come up, um, which is there's an easy fix for that. It, you know, uh, watered down rubber cement lightly underneath there, and you're good to go. That that fixes it for you know the fat mat or the macro mat, any type of mouse pad thing. Uh, if people didn't know, we're going to put up some videos for it on our on our YouTube of you know kind of how to fix if it starts to fray. That's a great a idea. Lot of times, yeah. A lot of times. Hot. you know think of it like the the top interior of a car you know how, how as they age you know that interior stuff starts to fall off because the glue starts to you know to, to uh get brittle or whatever so the fabric eventually on you know mouse pads and stuff as everybody knows will start to come up but it's an easy fix just rubber smith
0: yeah definitely um i mean i had an old car like that where the ceiling was sort of like falling in on me even though it was just cloth Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at that point, I was young, so I just stapled it back up. It was pretty, pretty. It was pretty ghetto. I, I don't recommend that. Um, but I think with the mats, you know, you're not using them every day. It's not like a mouse pad where I'm laying my hand on and then it's constantly rubbing and embracing it. Um, these are really sort of used, you know, just when you play. And I think so. I think the lifetime longevity of these is very good. Oh
3: yeah, I mean, I still have our original samples for our urban combat fat mat, and it's not framed at all on my table because. My table is a little bit wider than the mat itself, so I, I'm not catching those edges and stuff like that. So um, it just depends on you know how you use, use your stuff. Now this you know, is. I mean, I, I also use mine, uh, my giant my giant fat, uh, fat
0: mat as a mouse pad too. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be working on there all the time with my laptop. It's a great idea. I mean, why not? You know, it's if it's already there. <clears throat> I mean, you could literally have it on your desk, use it as a mouse pad, move your mouse when you need to use it as a photo area. And rinse and r- you could just do that all day. You know, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, this is something I did not know before we got on the, before we uh, started talking to you about the fat mats, is that I did not know what fat stood for. And I don't think that many people actually do. I, w- I would challenge, I would like to ask 10 people and see if they actually know what fat mats stood for. So, can you kind of clarify what does FAT stand for? Fast
3: Action
0: Tablescape Mat. Okay, great. So, the idea was literally like a drop and go table.
3: Detailed, ready to go, uh, plane surface. You know, we have you know the fat mat, and one of the one of the key features that I enjoy is the hidden deployment lines on some of the mats. You know, it's hard to do with right. the organic ones, but like the cityscape ones, like the urban combat, the industrial, ship interior, right? They all have they all have 40k hidden.
0: I think that, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's, it's a really good idea because it doesn't take away from the map, but it does make your life very quick and easy.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, it lives up to the name and it's fast. Right. You don't have to sit there yeah. for 30 minutes and measure out everything, especially those. I forget what the term is but for the ones where it's
0: diagonal that's my favorite oh one my right God. like that solved every problem up. yeah people like when we used to roll that we'd be like eh let's not do yeah. that yeah. We, we were like let's do it the other way um but as soon as that mat came available it's like yeah absolutely like this totally changes our game like now we immediately know where our, our deployment lines are
3: right so yeah, um, you're not you're not laying one person's ruler all the way around. Hitting one other person's ruler.
0: Now, that's probably harder on some of the more organic looking mats. Things like uh, the, the, the grassy plains and stuff. Lines, right. Um, but also, those are also, um, you
3: know, for many other game systems. Too. Of course. You know, all the historicals use them and stuff like that. Yeah, so.
0: for sure. And to be fair, not all skirmish games are made the same way. Some of them have different systems for how you deploy and that kind of stuff. So, you don't want to limit everything.
3: Sure. Like, I mean, people use bolt action and stuff. Yeah. With the, with, the, with the big six by
0: Definitely. Um, okay, well, just out of curiosity, because you've mentioned him a couple times, I'm sure you have, you mentioned your partner a couple times, and it seems like you've got a lot of support there um, in the Fat Matt offices. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the team you have working with and for you?
3: Well, we have a pretty small team, actually. Um, we like keeping it small. Uh, we're a development team. We, we, we call ourselves a development team more than anything else because, you know, I, I, I'm kind of the, the creative head. Creative director of the company. Sure. And then my background is video games. Actually, I started with oil painting as a kid. I had an oil painting teacher for a mom. So uh, I think I was a professional oil painter at 10. So I started pretty early in the art industry. Um, after high school, uh, I went into the military for a while. Um, you know, dad said, you'll never make money doing art. You know, go get a real job. So joined the military for a little while. Did a lot of art in the military as well. Then I got out I went to college and started in the video game industry. Worked at uh, Sony Online for a while and worked on a game called EverQuest. was one of the original artists <laughs> for that.
0: <laughs> Just a small so, game. No big deal.
3: It's a little game people might have heard of. Uh, <laughs> actually, you got to be kind of old to hear of it now. Everybody thinks of WoW. Out afterwards,
0: well but. Yeah, it's funny how the generations shift like that. Um, we have one of our painters in our studio is only twelve years younger than me, but that twelve years makes a difference, man. It's huge. Yeah, it it's does. a pretty big gap. Yeah. yeah. The big gap.
3: So um so there's me on the art side and then Todd, my business partner from the beginning. Uh he comes from Intel. He comes from big business. He worked at you know, at Intel, retired from Intel actually after twenty two years,
2: um, to start Tablework. Oh so. wow. Um, he was actually living in China at the time, so a lot of our manufacturing and
3: stuff like that, you know, he actually... That actually makes sense. He used, yeah. yeah. He used to... He actually put together factories, like real big, giant, you know, Intel uh, software factories and stuff. That was his job. So this is... This table War is kind of a hobby to him, I, I, I always, Sure. You know, I think, I think he just wants to have his spreadsheets in the morning, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, but he, he's the CFO of Table War and an amazing partner... With the two of us, you know, him trusting me on the creative side, me absolutely trusting him on the business side, it's been a, a, a great, great business. Um, and you know, we're keeping it small. We uh, we have two artists that I've worked with in the video game industry. So between the three of us, artists, we have over sixty years of professional video game uh, experience. So I feel really
2: comfortable giving them one of the you know mats because you know it's it, th- these mats are
3: giant. Textures basically, and you know they're doing 2D and 3D textures and video games for the last 20 years. So um, they're just great people to work with, and I know I can trust
2: them. And they see my vision on some of the designs that I give them, and they run with it and do amazing work. So that's the core
3: of the team. Then my family and his family are also uh, in the company, and then from there, you know we have we have five factories. That uh, we work with for our different products right now, and we're working on two new factories for new products coming out in the future. Um, so, you know,
2: we outsource a lot of stuff. We don't have a lot of employees inside of Table War,
3: and we keep it, we keep it lean. And that's something Todd really likes. I always want to get more people on. He, he always helps me realize the bottom
2: line Like, you know, we don't really need them in. Let's keep, let's keep Table War small. Sure. You know, we're a
3: development company, you know, we'll, we'll do distribution through other companies and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a nice, it, it gives us the ability to be, you know,
2: the, he gives me the ability to be the creative person I want to be
3: and, and developing new, exciting products. So I, I, you know, I couldn't ask for more.
0: Well, I think as an artist, that must be very rewarding to know that the product you love to make is loved by your, your patrons. Um, and then you don't have to worry about the phonetics of like how to necessarily get that product to the consumer. You can focus on what you love, which is design, and allow other people on your team to work out the kinks with the other stuff.
3: Absolutely, and and like I, mean, I just got to say, it, it is amazing. When when I
2: still get giddy when I see you know friends posting Facebook pictures with
3: the fat mat under all their stuff, you know, or or when somebody's excited and and post up a picture, hey, I got my new case,
2: you know, and I'm <laughs> so awesome.
3: excited about it. It just, uh, you know, it just thrills me. It, yeah, I,
0: how rewarding that must be when you see that, really like, literally important. people all over the world are playing with your product. That's great.
3: Yeah, I mean, I love it, and, you know, I, I, our fans are amazing. Um, the support we've got is amazing, and I'm so thankful. Seriously, it's just amazing.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about what you have coming down the pike. So now we, we know what the past is. We know how what got us here. So what kind of mats can we look forward to in the future?
3: Well, we're we're pre-selling two of our new mat designs, and it's the Ruined City and the Tundra. Okay. That I'm really excited about both of these because the, the Ruined City is kind of the sister mat to the, our original Urban Combat, you know, which is our, our original city mat. Um, the Ruined City is... That mats kind of streets angled but it's long destroyed
0: part of right the city, it's I mean. kind of a nice marriage of a couple mats it's like it has right, elements right. from at least three mats that i can see
3: yeah so so we're, we're kind of bringing it together um this this one for you know just for a variety of how you can play stuff um and it still has some hidden deployments it still has the hidden deployments in it um
2: and so I'm really excited about that one. I've been playing on that one a lot, actually, for my masters tournament. Okay. Um, and then because you know I get the sample, so uh, and then the
3: tundra. The tundra's the tundra's coming out in six by four, four by four, and three by three. And the tundra's actually uh, uh, one of our artists did that one, and I'm really
2: did such a good job on it I'm like oh man I want my wolves again I want, yeah. I, want to do a wolf, I
3: want to do a wolf city so you know I've been going through and dusting off all the wolf models and you know that's kind of my uh, my new year's resolution was I either have to paint everything build and paint everything that I own that's not built and painted or sell it this year
0: I think that's many people's new year's resolution to be fair <laughs> that,
3: well yeah I've tried I was really good last New year's resolution last year for gaming i stuck to it and i had a blast i my last year's resolution was play new games learn new systems get help me build up new
2: you know new ideas you
3: know stuff that i that i could do for the community right and that i i really love doing that i I, you know i took time off the competitive scene for 40k
2: which i was a huge you know competitive guy for years um and just
3: kind of had fun last year, and then this year is my hobby year. I am going to get back into competitive 40k this year, uh, okay. and maybe try Age of Sigmar because I have a huge uh, dark elf army I need to uh, build and paint, or get rid of. Them, so I want to paint those. Sure. But um, <laughs> going back to the two maps, you know the the, the Tundra one—it just yeah—it's got me all all thinking about both. 40K and
0: 30K Wolves. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun mat. And then, again, this is sort of a conglomeration of a few different mats we've seen in the past. So it kind of takes elements that we love and are familiar with and blends them together uh, in a way that makes sense um, so that you have that added versatility and, again, a whole new environment to fight in. Um, Like, we do a lot of Space Wolves here in the studio, a lot. Um, and we tundra basing is one of those things that people often do request they want that blend they like look i want a little bit of life but more like it's dead it's winter and i want some snow but i want drifts i don't want it to be all snow because they're looking for that in between and now there's a mat to match that yeah exactly and you know we try really
2: hard to use colors that people use for their bases sure i don't know if you notice that like the barren wasteland it's you know it 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 matches up with pretty much a the
0: standards of you know, the 40K uh, colors, you know, that the, the people use for their bases. We actually had a client who requested, ma- he requested his bases match the barren wasteland. Um, oh. And so I literally, like, um, I did that, and the only change I made was that Army Painter makes this, what they call the barren wasteland shrub, and I just added that on for some dead grass, and it was uh, it was a really nice, very barren-looking base. It was really fun. And across a project, it was really it kind of brought in a gritty look to these guys. So yeah, I think people definitely can now base to match their mats, which is awesome. It kind of gives them the home court advantage.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and our our friend over at I don't uh, don't know how much you know about War Gamma, but he has all the the tundra style bases for Mm -hmm. you know that that he makes too. That that um, you know kind of was an inspiration for me because I use a lot
2: of his bases. So I kind of wanted those bases to match the new Tundra mat. So. Well, that
0: makes sense because Wargamma, I mean, he basically came onto the. He was most well-known probably for his Wolves. Like that was the big thing that yeah, he that did. He, he custom did these Thunderwolves before Thunderwolves were Thunderwolves and yep. uh, blew the market away, just blew the market wide open. And then followed that up with things like Tyranid spore Pods and Bases, um, of course. Um, yeah, he's got a really nice select range, kind of a premium range of select product so to so go with this.
3: That
0: oh, that thing is amazing, isn't it? Like I'm so in love with that guy. Um,
3: yeah, we're using that's actually a prize for the Masters tournament that I run down here in San Diego. So and that's that's a raffle prize.
0: Yeah, it's so, a, it's incredible. I mean, it's kind of the poor man's hierophant and I just love it.
1: Yeah. What
0: is um, this that's pretty cool? He puts out um Wargamma put out this model. I forget what he calls it, but it's basically a hierophant. It's like a Tyrant yeah. it's it's his version of a Tyrant hierophant. It's the same scale. Uh, but his is a little more, you know, characterful. It's different, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a hit or miss. Some people love it, some people hate it. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's very much his style, uh, and he just made it on a bigger scale. It's huge. So that's
1: a big flying thing from Forge Road? No,
0: this is yeah. this is the the walking one. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. And what's really nice about it is they sell it for just like a couple hundred dollars. It's cheaper. But mm-hmm. we're really off subject yeah, <laughs> now. Just, we're geeking out yeah, for no. a minute here. <laughs> so. I started
3: thinking about it. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, he's got some great product. We'll have to get him on the show next. We'll have to follow up with him and be like, hey man, um we got thinking about you after the Fat Mat chat. We'll have to give him a call. Um well Doug, is there any other products that you can kinda of give us a preview for coming up? Maybe that aren't even necessarily on the market, but are just in the glimmer of your mind. Just like in the back of your in the back of your brain artistically, you're like, I'd love to see this down the road.
3: That's a tough one, you know, coming from uh, the gaming industry and stuff. I've sure. learned
0: it's, it's not wise to really kind of, you know, say, sure, Oh sure. yeah, I'm working on this.
3: Cause that, no
0: spoilers. That might be two products.
3: It might be two products down the line. That's true. Manufacturing and, and you know, R and D and stuff like that. So it's, it's tough for me
2: to, I really want to. Sure. Sure. I, I, I want to tell everybody, <laughs> but
3: uh, you know, it's two, two of the things that we're working on will be Kickstartered And, um, uh, hopefully, one will hit this year. One will one one Kickstarter for sure this year, if not both. Um, but things I can, you know, people can look at. You know, more exciting mats for the macro mat coming out. And, the, You know, of course, a different size, a larger size. We're working on that too. That's something. You know, I. I guess I just told everybody right now. I haven't confirmed that with anybody yet. So sure. Out the first to know. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Officially. So- so- is, you know, as soon as we, as soon as everybody got the macro mats, you know, and you know, it was pretty exciting. We we turned around this Kickstarter for the macro mats so fast it was amazing.
0: Um, well, I mean, now that you have the distri- distribution channels and, you know, you have the manufacturer channels locked down, really, it's like you've answered all your questions before you did it. Then you just needed the capital. That was that?
3: Well, you, we needed, the, yeah, we needed the capital. We actually, you know, we we already got the sample while yeah. the Kickstarter was starting to get written up right i was already getting samples for the for the stands and stuff like that so you know we were feeling pretty confident with it and you know we wanted to you know the one thing we've done with all three of our kickstarters is you know we've got stuff out on time or before every time all three times
2: so you know that's something that's it's a a big deal for us i mean
0: it's a big deal for consumers too
3: And Kickstarter. If I'm the you know if I'm the person pledging to this you know I I want my toy yeah. know, and <laughs> right you know if, if, if you know if somebody's buying something and they're excited about it I want to get it to them and I want to get it to them fast so you know they can enjoy it. So, I mean some uh, that, of these
0: kickstarters that's I would want and if it, if, 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 yeah. if it's something I want or believe in you know I I,
3: I you know I want I want to make sure the people
2: get that you know
0: yeah and I mean I'm,
3: I, I'm sure they feel the same
0: way. I think some of these kickstarters i mean they're they're amazing um the scope of them is huge but some of the rewards stretch out for years and um you literally like i got a kickstarter one time that i had i'd forgotten about i was like we got in the mail (laughs) and i was like oh yeah i forgot about this from like two years ago Um, yeah and i was like i don't even know what it is right i guess i was excited at the time yeah (laughs) um and sometimes that's okay it's like a treat but sometimes it's like man my interests have changed the last two years i'm I'm no longer here, um, so it's it's a challenge. But it sounds like you guys are, are definitely exceeding your your consumers' expectations, which is fantastic.
3: We try, we try. It's important to us, so you know we we want to we want to have that reputation that sure. people can trust us and trust our quality. You know,
2: so it's 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 a big deal. Well, and s-
3: we're just excited to help the community.
0: Well, spoilers notwithstanding, um, I'm very excited to see what Table War is working on in the future. I can't wait to see what treats you guys have planned for us, and we can't wait to get our hand on some of these new mats and macromats.
3: Well, yeah, and like, um, like I said, the, there's the, uh, the pre-orders on the uh, Ruined City and the Tundra, but they're coming in this month. They're, you know we'll, we'll have them in the next couple of weeks. To That's send fantastic. Out. So people want to just jump on TableWar.com. And then we're also selling them in Australia and Europe now. So we have both European and Australian distribution you know, going strong with
0: these. We have, we've, we've had it for a while, but these new mats will be going there too. So Nice. So worldwide is what I'm hearing. Worldwide, yeah. All right. Well, Doug, thank you for your time today. Um, we will definitely have a link to um, your guys' pre-order page so people can grab those mats while they're grabbing as good. And um, we can't wait to talk with you more in the future about everything that's going on with Table War definitely well guys just hang on one quick second we'll be right back after this break let's be honest you'd rather be playing than painting let white metal games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures we have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. white metal games put your minis where your mouth is We're going to jump into our one-minute rant or gush tonight. Um, Tonight, I'm going to start this off by ranting about my airbrush. (laughs) Actually, my airbrush is because I have – here's the funny thing is I have two airbrushes, and the idea is to always have a backup. But what inevitably happens is um, one will go kaput, and then the other one will go kaput at literally the same time, and this almost never happens. Um, And the thing is is that I'm a very experienced airbrusher. I've been airbrushing for the better part of – in some form or another for over 10 years now – So I definitely know how to handle an airbrush with care and to clean it effectively. But sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just the paint works against you. Like the tips are not clean and there's paint in the chamber. Um, And, you know, they're just really slowing me down right now. And what happens is when you get to the point in your career where you absolutely rely on your airbrush.
1: Oh, it's devastating. It's
0: devastating. (laughs) It's like a carpenter without a hammer. (laughs) It's like, well, I guess I could use this brick to nail in the nails. But, you know, it's...
1: It was funny because you gave me a project a little while back, and you're like, uh, well, you need to work on it over here. I was like, oh, I don't have access to an airbrush. I don't, I don't even know how to start. Right. <laughs> how do I start this right. thing? Right, yeah. It was, yeah it's, yeah, it's tough, so.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, people think about it as a crutch, but it, it's only a, cr- it's, it is a crutch in one way, mm-hmm. in that, like, yes, we rely on it for a lot of our heavy lifting, but as soon as it's down, holy crap. Yeah, he it. Now, it's not that we could not, I know you probably think we're lamenting, like, well, I'm to just paint it by a brush. Well, it's a totally different look. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that we've established uh, an aesthetic over time. Um, like, if you look at our models and all of a sudden we switched over to a pure brush technique, not only would it be slower and we would go out of business because oh, yeah. no one can do that. Um, on top of that, the look of the models would be night and day. Mm-hmm. So, um, as a general rule of thumb, we start every project with airbrushing at least as much as we can pre-shading, and then moving into base layering and that kind of thing. So, both of mine are, are just out of commission right now. They're both in a in a deep deep bath of uh, uh, liquid <laughs> alcohol. And, and Stacey's um, like Gilliman. Right. Maybe the little rise.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> and about every every time I walk in the garage, I turn on a sonic scrub cycle to sort of loosen them up, and I do that mm-hmm. about 20 times, and then hopefully over the end of the day it'll be clean. So we'll see how it goes. All right, well, that's it for my rant. What do you got?
1: Um, Not much. I mean, I, I guess a kind of a gush. I know, I don't know, I, we don't talk a lot about rules and things, but um, I've just got back into the 40K scene playing. Yeah, you've been and, playing again. Yeah, for like the first time in, in a little over a year, I think. So... And the last few months, I've been working on. I have Harlequin, Dark Eldar, and Eldar's uh, armies that really work. uh, I've been wanting to try to find ways to field them together. And the new book just came out with the uh, new one. One big happy family. Yeah, so it's been great. It's been a lot of fun playing it, um, learning how to do all that. And uh, yeah, it's cool to finally actually use Harlequin and actually have some sort of competitive way to use them yeah (laughs) sure most of the time they just get smashed so
0: you know they're they're kind of a I mean would you call them a glass hammer army
1: um, glass cannon type. Yeah. Well, I guess hammer. Yeah. Because yeah. they're they're close combat. So yeah, they are. Um, half the time they die trying to get into close combat. Sure. Um, so I feel like this because they've
0: points, got an involved, but it's not very high. Yeah, it's And five, it's it's uh, right, like and they don't they don't have an armor range. save, mm-hmm. and their high points, like you said, they're like yeah. a thirty points a piece or something Seven.
1: like that. It's uh, yeah. like usually like a little over twenty if you get oh, okay. like some gear. So but they're still.
0: definitely like they're rubric Marine cost. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. and they died at Overwatch half the time. So, yeah, it's a little frustrating to play them, but this really helps to kind of fill in some of those gaps. Now, you said one
0: of the new rules in this, and and like you said, we don't do a lot of rules, but one of the things you were telling me about is that now that they're one big happy family, Mm -hmm. you can combine some of these guys so you can put Harlequins in transports from Dark Eldar or Eldar. So that solves some of that problem. You could load them up in a Wave Serpent or even Mm -hmm. better, in a Raider, yeah, and then assault, assault the, out of the raider. Exactly. Yeah, and they can now color. hold
1: more than six, which is what their current transport is. The to. Star Weaver or yeah, whatever that thing is which called. limits you because you basically have one character that might join. Right. Now I can do a whole bunch of characters. Yeah. I can do a lot of stuff with them. Um, so now yeah, the
0: extrapolation here is we could have, like, dark Eldar raiders painted in Harlequin schemes and, like, Yeah, well, so that's, that's sort of what I'm working now is yeah. trying to
1: find a way to unify all three armies in right. the one color scheme or... Slight variation, so you can still tell them apart. But, right. So that's something I've been I've been playing around with.
0: But. One of the nice things about these kind of pet projects is that you can experiment with some stuff and have some fun
2: mm-hmm.
0: without you know clients. A lot of times they have very specific ideas about what they want, and that's fair. If I if I go to a, a, a you know a store and I buy something, it's because it's what I want. Right. But what we like to do sometimes is showcase what we can do, mm-hmm. so that later on people can you know I, I've said this before. You don't know what you want until you see it. So, ironically, we have to make them see it, and this is one of those ways to do that. You create a unique product that you can then showcase and say, "Well, this is what we can do." Um, That's the same thing I'm doing with all of these. Like, I had a few leftover Renegade Knights from the Imperial Knight Renegade game, and so the Knights aren't great for collectors because of the fact that they're basically limited. They're only either Paladins or Errants, and that's it. But they're great for showcasing what you can do because the kit is essentially paid for once you buy the box. And you could do, like, something kind of fun, like a salamander's Night, or which I'm doing, or a wolf Night, or whatever. And you can really say, like, look, here's what I did on a sample. We can also do this on a, on a, on a newer kit. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the newer kit, so you, you picked up the book, which has all the new rules, but you also picked up the box set. Yeah, or or specifically Val did. The triumvirate yeah. of, is it you need? A need. Yeah, think a think need. Yeah, a need. Which are very dynamic-looking models. Yeah. Um, like, like, obviously, like, you know, the technology's come a long way. That's
1: incredible. Actually. Yeah.
0: I mean, no, f- f- gone are the days of closed stances yeah. of, of <laughs> like, pewter printing where, like, warriors are surprisingly, like, buckled down.
1: Yeah, and the cloak is part of the legs. Right,
0: yeah. Really long, like, yeah. that's over. Now, now we've got literally this cascading, like, storm of, like, ectoplasm or something oh, kind of yeah. billowing it's around. It's crazy.
1: Everything overlaps. You yeah. Know, things, like, you
0: don't see... Sp- mold lines disappear under flat under like folds of of plastic it's really really inventive yeah Um, it's come a long way and on top of that um i will say that like the painting possibilities with that miniature are through the roof Mm -hmm. like what you could possibly do with it and i'm very eager to see what you do do with that yeah uh but it was the first time i ever watched a video that duncan did that i didn't like
1: Uh, i've watched a lot of them yeah
0: but he, I, I saw his painting on that and I was like, you kind of found it in here, man. For the avatar? It. Yeah, for the. Is that the one with the swirling ectoplasm? Yeah. yeah. Now, I wonder, though, if it, maybe it was engineered to be kind of more for like the battle for Vandros kind of guys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, sort of like, oh, well, let's split the difference between younger people and older people. Um, because there was nothing wrong with the tutorial. Don't get me wrong. He, Duncan's a great painter. Yeah. But normally, I'm always blown away by what he can do with very little. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway. But that being said, a fantastic new miniature.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you think about now that we've seen this twice, we've seen Triumvirate of Neid, or whatever it's called, and we saw the um the heroes of the Imperium kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, now we're seeing these box sets that are like three or four figures, eighty dollars, back to back. And in fact they did this with the gene stealer cult too. Because you got the Patriarch, the Magus, and yeah. uh, the, yeah, that I'm one all that now they didn't that. call it that, they called it something else, but that's right. essentially what it was.
1: I don't know if this is a theme or if it's something that they're just trying to tie in like they did with Fantasy's End Times where they came out with a book and the models kind of represented these like sure. big things. Like now, that was just like single characters, but you had like Nagash come out at that time. You had right. these big, right. um, pivotal characters. I think they're going to continue to... Since they, the rumor is that 8th edition 40K is coming out this summer... I think this is sort of leading up to that. There
0: I think that makes sense. A
1: few box sets with these three characters type thing. The next one's rumored to be Gilliman, which is one pretty much guaranteed now.
0: What will really give it away is if one of these box sets has like the equivalent of like Age of Sigmar War Scrolls, and then it'll really be like, oh, okay, we're there. Like, yeah,
1: I don't think that's going to... I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about that already, but I don't think that's going to... I've heard arguments like on that. both sides of the yeah. coin. So. So, but we'll see. I think the next one after Gilliman was rumored to be um, Abaddon, Okay. He needs a new model so bad. I'm still still
0: a pretty big fan of the old one, but that being said, I can't wait to see what a new one looks like. I
1: think, I mean, they could do so much more. It's Peter model from the early
0: '90s. He's pretty static. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like he's got his hand outstretched, but it's kind of like I don't know. It's like a baseball player pointing to the fences. Yeah, it's just
1: very bulky. And I mean, they were limited then, so they were. It's held up pretty well through time.
0: Yeah, is, and to be fair, impressive. his rules are still very he's still a very playable figure. Mm. So there definitely is a desire for him in game. Um I've seen some very good conversions um for him over the years. Um but I can't wait to see what these guys do with it. That'd be really yeah. cool. All right guys, that's it. We are out of here for the week. Uh thank you for tuning in to our show. Um so we were originally we were going to it to have either Banshee or Arcane Paintworks on with us the, on this show. Obviously that didn't happen. Yeah and it wasn't anything bad it's just coordinating schedules it's hard. uh arcane paintworks is in australia yeah and um, banshee is i actually don't even know where he is
1: he's in spain but he works for yeah. big child so you can imagine they probably get crazy at times too so you know
0: it, sometimes it's hard to get people on and the table war thing just kind of came up like we were talking to him online and and he was like hey uh what about a podcast and i was like yeah absolutely let's <laughs> absolutely. let's do that um so you know just to p- sort of point that out we are very flexible if there's ever something you'd like us to talk with someone about um we will certainly reach out to them we should definitely reach out to war Gamma now that uh doug yeah, doug yeah. reminded mm-hmm. me i would love mm-hmm. to talk to them about the uh that big that big bug i forget what it's uh, called it's so cool you'll have to take a look at it i'll have to link to it it's really amazing yeah. i should have gushed on that <sighs> Um, I thought about buying one, but when it first came out, I was so broke. Like I was just, it was, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that expensive. It was only 200 bucks in pre-order. It was really a good price, but I just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, um, help us decide on who our next guest should be. Email us at info at com. Let us know. Um, what you're interested in, what you're interested in hearing about, who you're interested in us talking to. We're not shy. We'll reach out uh, on your behalf and ask the questions that you dare not uh, and get as many answers as we can, get the insider's look at hobby, trade, whatever it is. Um, And really, I will just say kind of a quick thank you to all of our fans that have made this a really good start to the year. Um, I definitely think that this is our best year so far. We're, we're, We're making plans. Like we're talking about what we can do how to expand our operations, Um, and we haven't really had that before we've always been kind of a smaller studio and now that we have the support through our our client base we actually have options which is the first time that's ever happened right yeah so now we have choices to make and so thank you very much no doubt your support through the podcast and your support through our our White Metal Games channel has been really helpful so um, that's about it for now Um, for War Council my name is Caleb Dillon and until next time put your menus where your mouth is We'll